Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Now there's one of two things that will happen in a trial. Either God will give you the grace sufficient, which we're going to, by the way, be talking about on Sunday morning, Lord willing, in Ephesians chapter 2. But either God is going to give you the grace for that trial, or He's going to provide a way of escape out of that trial. For Job, it's the grace that God is going to give him to endure and persevere. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Job. No matter how hard a trial we go through in life may be, we can rest assured that it's a trial which God has allowed. Pastor J.D. tells us that this means that God is with us in all trials and that as such, we are capable of overcoming them all. Not only that, but it's likely that we will come out as stronger and better people who've learned to trust God more. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Job chapter 2 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. On Thursday nights now, we're in the book of Job. We started last week in chapter 1. And tonight, we are going to take and tackle uh, two more very interesting chapters, chapters 2 and 3. From chapter 4 on to, I want to say, about chapter 30-ish, heavy on the ish, uh, we kind of turn a very disturbing corner. Uh, Tonight we're going to be introduced to Job's friends, (laughs) so-called. They start off well, to their credit, as we'll talk about. But um, last week we uh, saw... I want to call it round one. Tonight we're going to see round two. But round one in chapter one consisted of Satan who has access to the throne, uh, was before the throne with his fallen angels. And um, God asks him uh, if he noticed uh, his servant Job. Well, of course he did. That's why he's there. Uh, he uh, did notice Job and Job's righteousness, and we're told that Job feared God and shunned evil, and um, God's sort of bragging on him. And so Satan then comes in with this master accusation, for lack of a better way of describing it, and uh, accuses God of blessing Job, which is the only reason that Job worships God. So he challenges God, God Almighty, who, if you think about it, and this is really interesting, created Satan. It's important to understand that the devil is a created being. We've talked about this, and it's so important to understand this, that Satan is not the opposite of God. Satan is not God's equal in that sense. He is not all-powerful, only God is. He's not all-knowing, only God is. And he's not all-present, only God is. 
Uh, it's been said that the devil is God's devil. That God created the devil, and as we see here with Job, the devil can do nothing to us unless God allows him to. And God will never allow the devil to do anything to us except that in the end it fulfills God's purpose for God's glory and for our good. And we're going to see this play out again tonight. So the challenge really is that, God, if you allow me to mess with him, so to speak, and strike him with adversity, uh, he will curse you to your face. Now here's what's interesting, and this is why it's so important to understand that Satan is not all-knowing, only God is. See, God already knows that there's no way that Job will ever curse him to his face. He knows Job better than Job knows Job, and certainly better than Satan knows Job. You have to understand that Satan actually believes that he can get Job to curse God. He's not all-knowing. And that's why it's so important to understand that and to study this book of Job through that lens. Otherwise, uh, it's going to be confusing. Some of the things are going to be that happen to Job in the book of Job are potentially going to be misunderstood and uh, misinterpreted. Um, uh, in the sense that you're going to see this through a, a skewed lens that can lead one to believe that God is being unjust and unfair in the way that he is accepting this cosmic challenge from the devil concerning this innocent man. We're going to see something here in chapter 2 in a moment, but it's important, I guess, for this preface of sorts to, before we jump in, to understand that what God is doing here, let me say it this way, he knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing. And Job doesn't know what's in his heart. God does. And sometimes God, and this is maybe for somebody here tonight, a word for somebody here tonight, sometimes God will allow us to go through adversity, if for no other reason, to show us us that which he already knows about us, that which we do not know about ourselves. Now, keep in mind, he will not allow us, and I love this about 1 Corinthians 10, 13. In fact, it's a life verse for many, for good reason. Basically, here's the gist of it. The Apostle Paul, writing to the Corinthians, says basically this, God is not going to allow you to be tested or tried or tempted above that which you're able to bear up under, because he will give you a way of escape. Now there's one of two things that will happen in a trial. Either God will give you the grace sufficient, which we're going to, by the way, be talking about on Sunday morning, Lord willing, in Ephesians chapter 2, But either God is going to give you the grace for that trial, or he's going to provide a way of escape out of that trial. For Job, it's the grace that God is going to give him to endure and persevere throughout this unspeakable, difficult trial that he's in. And it's going to get worse, as we're going to see. Verse 1, again... 
there was a day, so we don't know how much time has transpired. We can make some assumptions, and one of those assumptions can be that between chapter 1 and chapter 2, not much time has passed, so the events of chapter 2 were probably taking place close in proximity to the events of chapter 1. So again, there was a day when the sons of God came to, these are referencing the fallen angels, the demonic entities, the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And, verse 2, the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? (laughs) Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Of course he has. That's what he was doing there. And as he's roaming to and fro, back and forth, which was his right to do. He's not trespassing. He still has the title deed to this fallen world, this earth. Until that day comes, Jesus has already redeemed it, but he's not yet taken possession of it. That's coming. But for the time being, as property owners would, they would go back and forth walking throughout their property, what was rightfully owned by them, which is why he's doing this. So then the Lord says to Satan, um, probably better said, I know you've been uh, spocking out, (laughs) scoping out, uh, stalking, uh, my servant Job. Uh, there's none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and shuns evil. Now, he then says this to Satan, and still, I like that word, he still holds fast to his integrity. Nah, 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 nah. You tried. Nice try. He still holds fast to his integrity, although you incited me against him to destroy him without cause. In other words, he was innocent, being blameless, not sinless. Make that distinction. To be blameless doesn't mean that you're sinless. Job certainly wasn't sinless. He was blameless. He was upright. He was righteous. He feared God, which is why. And to fear God, the proverb says, is to hate evil, to shun evil. And so God says, uh, he still holds fast to his integrity. And oh, by the way, uh, you said he would curse me to my face. Well, he didn't not only curse me to my face, instead he blessed me. Blessed be the name of the Lord. This after I allowed you to kill all seven of his sons, all three of his daughters, all ten of his children, not to mention that he lost everything, all of his wealth. 
all of that livestock, uh, we had it actually uh, inventoried for us in chapter 1. The livestock that he owned, that was the wealth that he had. And God gave permission to Satan to strike all of that and to take all of that away. And Satan went right up to the line. He is merciless, and we're going to talk about that here in a moment. Uh, this is, I think, uh, is it, uh, Yogi Berra that uh, was famous for saying, it's deja vu all over again. <laughs> I know that's a redundancy, but that's what we have here, with the exception of what we're told in verse 3 about Job holding fast his integrity. Uh, this in spite of what God had already allowed Satan to do. And I think it's important for us to really get our minds around uh, what has already happened to Job and to understand that this will now be compounded on top of what's about to happen to Job. And I say that because it's arguably more than most of us would be able to handle. Forget about the wealth. Forget about the wealth. How about your children? You have ten children, which was another sign of prosperity, God blessing someone with many children. He had seven sons. Can you imagine? I've tasted from the cup of the death of one child, and I can tell you firsthand how painful that is. You never get over it. You never get over it. God will get you through the death of a child, but you never get over the death of a child. You'll never get over that. Ten children? That's going to come into play here a little bit later, as we'll see. But Job has successfully passed the test, and this is a test. In fact, that, that's in some ways maybe an understatement to say that, but he's passed the test. And this is only round one. Now it's about to get even worse in round two. And unbeknownst to Job, Job has no idea that there's a chapter two or a chapter three or for that matter, at chapter 4 and all of the chapters, he has no idea what's going on in the heavenly realm. Well, verse 4, So Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin. Yes, all that a man has he will give for his life, but stretch out your hand now and touch his bone and his flesh and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, game on. That's not in the original. I just added that. But that's essentially what he's saying. He's saying, okay. He is in your hand, but... Spare his life. Now here again, Satan is going to go right up to the limit of that which God has permitted him to do. What does he mean when he says skin for skin? Well, he's drawing upon 
an ancient bartering term which even finds its uh, place in contemporary culture, but it's a bartering term of that time related to trading one's life for another, skin for skin. In other words, he's actually, Satan is actually making the accusation that Job didn't curse God to his face, even after his ten children were killed and he lost everything overnight, all within what seems to be, according to the narrative, in the span of 24 hours. He lost everything. And by the way, let me parenthetically say, um, that's true for us today, is it not? How quickly we can lose everything in an instant. I think of what Corey Tin Boom famously says. She said, you know, I'm learning to hold on loosely to the things of this life, for I know not when they will be required of me. She wasn't talking about material prosperity. She was talking about loved ones and family members. I've learned to hold on loosely to those things which I hold dearly. I'm I'm learning. I, I'm for me. I'd, I'd love to be able to say that I've come to that place where I've learned it. I, I'm not. I'd be disingenuous at best, dishonest at worst, if I were to come off like that. I know in my own life I tend to hold on very tightly, very dearly, to my family, to my church family, but there does you know, come a time where it can all be gone in an instant. I mean, even our lives. <laughs> we, we have to hold loosely our very lives. James says that um, our lives are but a vapor. They're here today and gone tomorrow. Tomorrow's never guaranteed, is it? This is why James says we should always say, Lord willing. Lord willing. If the Lord wills it, we, we, we have no guarantees that we will take a breath tomorrow. The only thing that's guaranteed is what we have now. So he lost everything, and so Satan is actually accusing him of not cursing God because he saved his own skin. That's what he means by skin for skin. No, uh, okay, okay, so he didn't curse you to your face. Well, as we're about to see, uh, here's why. And now here comes the challenge, round two. So, verse seven, Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with painful boils. And I want you to notice what we're told here. From the sole of his foot, that means underneath his feet, boils. How are you going to stand with boils on the bottoms, the soles of your feet? And they covered his body from the bottoms of his feet to the top of his head. Remember now in chapter 1, he shaved his head. So now his whole body, all of his skin, has not just boils, but painful boils. And not only painful boils, but very itchy 
and painful boils. And that's what we read in verse 8. And he took for himself a potsherd with which to scrape himself while he sat in the midst of the ashes. Can you imagine? It's one thing for us in the comfort of a beautiful air-conditioned church sanctuary as beautiful as this is to read it. But it's an entirely different thing to actually be the one in the midst of it. And Job is. This is one of those places in God's Word where it's kind of impossible to adequately describe what it is that you just read. I mean, you can try to picture it in your mind's eye. It requires a bit of an imagination, but can you imagine? (laughs) This scene would have been one of utter horror. Picture this. This is a man that perhaps only days earlier was enjoying the prosperity and the blessing of God. His children, all ten of them, his, his wealth, all of his prosperity. This, this was a blessed man that loved God, that feared God. And now where do we find him? <laughs> He's sitting in a rubbish heap. What, what, what do you mean? Oh, in that day, and even today, you'll find this to be true, they would burn the rubbish to ash. That's where he is. And he's not standing. He can't. He's sitting in the midst of this ash heap and scraping, trying to find just a little bit of relief from the itching and pain from these boils that cover him from head to toe. Can you imagine? And here's the thing. It's going to get even worse. As I was preparing this teaching, and I'm, I'm like, man, what if this were me? I can't even imagine the the pain physically and emotionally and psychologically. What is going through his mind right about now? Being in that severe of pain. Thanks for listening to In Spirit and Truth. We hope Pastor J.D. Farag's message from the book of Job has blessed you and given you hope in the midst of your own life struggles. If you'd like to hear additional teachings from Pastor J.D., simply visit our website at inspiritandtruthradio.com and click on Listen at the top of the page. There you'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast or you can download messages to share with your family and friends. Are you a part of a church family? The Bible urges us to find fellowship with other believers, not only for purposes of community, but also for the health of your own personal spiritual walk. You too can contribute valuable and unique gifts to the body of Christ, giving support in the ways God has designed you to. 
If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd be thrilled to welcome you to our fellowship here at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. Our weekly services are on Sundays at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. We focus on studying God's Word and worshiping our Creator, all while getting to know each other better through Christ's love. Location information and directions can be found by going to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and clicking on Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at the bottom of the page. We're excited to share this time with you in person, and we're so glad you spent time with us here today on In Spirit and Truth. May God bless you as you continue to study His Word and follow His path for your life. Pastor J.D. will have more to share from the book of Job when you tune in next time, right here on In Spirit and Truth. Right with you, holding me true.